Cool. Quite honestly, how do you how do you even compete with an animated video like that? Honestly, but it gives a, a great picture of uh, the conversation we've been having, and we're going to continue that a little bit further for the next couple minutes. So, if you have a Bible and you want to open it up with me, maybe on your phone or wherever you are, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter nine really quickly. Hebrews chapter nine. Now, uh, just before that, uh, just before we get into that, I do know again there's this kind of longing within many of us to be together. Uh, it's so funny. I'm uh, actually, we're broadcasting. I'm broadcasting from Royal View this morning. Uh, I was over here this morning as they celebrate. They're having a couple services today, celebrating their 60th anniversary. And many of you guys know that Royal View is actually the church that uh, planted us, and we've been a part of their story for so long. And um, ten, almost 10 years ago, we started kind of together, and it's such a great story that God is doing in this church. So I was here this morning, kind of hanging out. And as I was leaving, because I wasn't in my pajama pants, you, you don't even know. Sometimes we just broadcast and you don't you don't know what's on bottom which is great um uh jojo looked at me my five-year-old son jonas looked at me on the way out he saw that i was actually put together and he said wait is it real church today and I, I had to tell him that actually, no, um, we were not going to be together in the same room. This longing of this little kid who just wants to be with people, I felt so bad that I had to break the news to him. But I, it's also kind of depressing to think that he thought just because I had a jean jacket on that something different was happening. Another time, another story. But uh, there is this longing to be together. But um, I think what God wants to speak to us today is really important and an important kind of topic that we're just going to kind of connect now to the idea of justice. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, but um, an incredible book filled with imagery, an incredible letter filled with imagery, sights and sounds of um, what God is saying to his people. And this is what it says in verse 24. Hebrews 9, 24 says this, for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place, every year with blood that is not his own. Verse 26. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Beautiful passage on the reality that Jesus is coming again. You know, I don't have everything shaped up as far as how this whole thing is going to shape up in the end. To be honest, I left my charts and my, my end times charts and my laser at home. Some of you grew up and that was the world that you grew up in. So well, well done. That just brings back a little bit of trauma for you. But instead of trying to predict the future and all that has to do with the book of Revelation at times and the end, uh, there are, though, a few things I think we can pick up on as things that are going to happen. One, Jesus is going to return as king. Over and over, the New Testament is rallying us who would pick up these letters years and years later that Jesus is going to come as king back to the good world in which he created and he's going to establish his kingdom here forever. Two, resurrection. So a common theme that is for sure, uh, I believe, with cert more certainty is that Jesus uh, not only is going to return, but that there will be resurrection. 
So Jesus is the prototype. What happened to Jesus by raising, now we will be raised from the dead. Three, judgment. So Jesus is going to return, resurrection for the living and the dead, and then judgment. That Jesus, the great judge, is going to bring judgment. And then for a new heavens and a new earth. The promise is, is that we're not floating away to some other land, other place, but that as Jesus brings his kingdom, that uh, his rule will be established here as it is in heaven, that heaven is coming to earth and there will be a new heavens and a new earth for eternity. I don't know a lot of things, but those are the things I think that we should press into. And you know, the bookends of the Bible and we talked about this last week and the last couple weeks, Cam did such a good job. The bookends of the Bible are all about God's order. In the garden, shalom, peace, rest, God's order at hand in creation. There's order in how God speaks and brings creation to order. And humans are obviously living that in that world in shalom and peace. Everything is good and right and there is justice. There is righteousness. There is rightness. The same is to be said for the, the end. You have the beginning, but you also have the end. The new heavens and the, the new earth will be a place of equality, justice, God's rule, where the world is set to right. Literally, the word, when you read it, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament, when you read the word justice, it basically means to set right. That God's order will be set right. And, um, you know, one of the things I think we often struggle with, and I totally get it, we live in almost what could be called a post-secular society. We live in the age of authenticity and autonomy. Some thinkers would describe it as, you know, we have our own lives. We get to kind of chart the course of our own life. So we live in this unique and interesting world. And then we talk and hear about things like judgment. Judgment, right? We hear about Jesus coming to judge. And for many of us, it's actually a struggle for us. For some of us, we think of uh, God as maybe the guy in the sky that wants to send lightning bolts or judgment. Or maybe for many of you, uh, you've seen this in our own city where it's a guy on a street corner condemning you to hell, right? This is what we think of judgment. But here's what I want to do. Over the next couple minutes, I just want to look at judgment. And this is going to be probably more... And it's, it's unique how this shapes up for me, at least. This is going to be more of a preach than it is a teach. Sometimes we get into the language and obviously we'll continue to talk about our cultural moment. But I want to talk, I want to preach about judgment. Because one of the questions I think we need to lay before us and all of us need to wrestle through is this. Is judgment a good thing or a bad thing? I just want you to think, please open your mind to this. Is judgment a good thing or a bad thing? One of the things I've noticed, um, especially now as I am a father, I have kids who are getting older, is for many of us, there is this innate thing within us, this innate longing within us for justice. We want justice. We want things to be right. It's even interesting um, watching my own kids. There's a, a girl in my, she lives in my home and she's getting older. And just to see um, how she's hardwired for thinking about those who are marginalized and those who are being oppressed. So she's at the age now where she's learning about things in school, about atrocities and injustices that she's seeing, you know, she's learning about from, from history and as she comes home and we even have these dialogues, I, I just know, though she's far from perfect, that there's something within her that is just wired together 
um, there's a longing for those things to be made right in her. And it's interesting even to watch, even at a young age, how that's shaping up for her. And here's the thing. We want things right and we want justice. Just look at the moment we're in right now with the last number of months. And it's been beautiful. The things that have emerged to the forefront as far as people stepping out around racial injustice and all sorts of things. I have many people in my life that are giving their lives for the marginalized and the poor. Cam is one of them who shared last week. And I'm just so thankful to be around people that want to work towards setting the world right. But even at a secular level, there's, we're living in a moment right now where people want justice. And rightfully so. You see injustices. You see people getting away with things in the police system. We know some of the, the many cultural things that are going on around us. And so even people, even my friends that would not follow Jesus, they want a sense of justice. If something is wrong and out of order, they want justice and they want this to be made right. And I applaud that. But I also think, I just pose the question, can God have justice? Right? So we live in a moment where we are getting worked up because we want equality and equity for all. And again, that is beautiful. But sometimes I want to ask people, hey, like, do you, can God have justice? And I actually think judgment is very much tied into this. You know, we get angry about things. And again, rightfully so, absolutely rightfully so. But could get, could God get angry about some of the injustices in the world that we see? Is justice a good thing or a negative thing? Well, I'll say this. If you are with God and you're a follower of Jesus, I think we need to give God his due and let him long because I know he does. His character and nature is justice and he longs for justice in the world. And I'll just say this. As we join in with him, one of the things we need to realize is that a part of this story, if you are with God, if you follow God and are in Christ, judgment, yes, a word we don't want to talk about a lot, is necessary. Judgment is necessary. And I'll say this, in all the negative press around judgment, and even in a world that says we can't judge each other, and we kind of live in the you do you kind of moment, you know what I'm talking about? And I'll just be honest, uh, the other day, uh, there was a little conflict in our family with one of my kids, and I even said to them, can you believe this? This is like totally bad parenting. I said to them, you do you, man. And then I just like had to go back and say sorry, because it's just a terrible parenting. But in the you do you moment that we live in, Justice is necessary. And I think we need to think through, can God have his way in what he wants to do with the world? Because judgment is tied into this. And I do think that part of what judgment is, is it's God saying, as he looks upon his good world that he created, and he sees everything that's going wrong with it. And there's a lot going wrong at the moment. 2020 has been a year. God eventually, through Jesus, is coming back and enough will be enough. We get angry, we get, we get passionate about things, but God is passionate about justice and renewing this world. And there will be a moment in time, and we read it here in the passage that we read in Hebrews 9, where enough is enough. All of the crooked, brutal things that we see in our moment, the things we've talked about, including the, the sex trade and different things that are just have been so turned upside down, poverty, all of that, enough will be enough. And is that a good thing in God's character? Is judgment a good thing? If you are on God's side, if you are with God, judgment is a good thing. Think about it like this. I've used this example before. I'm a father. I've shared a few times already today. I'm obviously a father. And one of the things that I think through is if there was mold in my kid's bedroom, 
would it be good or bad for me to remove that mold? Well, obviously, there's got to be a reckoning for the, the health, the safety of my children that enough is enough, providing a place for them in which they can thrive and they flourish. And I think God wants, through Jesus, wants to do the same things. And so when we think of, when we think of justice and judgment, think of it like this. One of God's greatest acts of love is judgment. Eventually, enough will be enough. Eventually, there is a day coming. And we work for justice, and we've talked about this. We work for justice in this moment right here and right now. We come alongside God. But as we read, and as the writer of Hebrews expresses, that Jesus is coming, and there will be judgment. And this judgment is a beautiful thing. So as we think about judgment, I want to frame it, and we, we, I think we need to frame it as not this negative thing. I think we need to give God his dues. Just as we, many of us, are passionate about seeing the world set right, God is more passionate. This is his heart. This is his nature and his character. The other thing I think we need to think through when we talk about judgment and we talk about justice is this. Who do you got? Who do you have? Right? I've just been thinking about this this week. When we talk about judgment and right order, who do you got? I was just reading a little while ago about a dirty judge who literally built a career on putting people away for drug activity, and it was found that he was actually dealing high-level drugs on the side. High-level judge in the court system. Who do you got? You got that guy? Or what about this? The Supreme Court. We know this is a big moment right now. Lots of political stuff going on. This is where I love to be Canadian. I just absolutely love being Canadian. But what? Is it a, a, is it a Supreme Court justice that's going to uh, kind of help our longing for justice? I mean, there's part where, I mean, there's people doing good things and that's amazing. But really, is our hope, is our trust in those people? What about this? Who do you got? You got the social justice leader who monetizes off his followers every time there's a racial injustice, right? Every time there's a racial injustice in the world and something's going on, they send out an email for more money and that money, we don't know where the money goes and uh, monetizing off, off people. Is that, is that who we got, by the way? It's getting hot in her a little bit. Do we have political leaders, right? It's just been an inter- interesting week uh, of just watching how politics is unfolding in our moment and the division and all the things that are going on. You know, I think, and this is just a side note, that sometimes God's judgment uh, in this world is taking his hands off. You know, oftentimes he judges the nations by their leaders. Who do you got? The next political leader, the next policy? Is is this really going to be the thing that saves us? Is it the pastor who lords power over his people? Is it your ethics prof, maybe if you're in school, or law enforcement, or a community leader that maybe people think can save the day, right? Who do you got? This is, this is the thing that has really shaped my mind. Who do you got? Are these people going to save us? Is it your pastor? Hello, look out. Obviously not, right? As we put our trust in people and things at times, I just come back to this question, who do you got? And I was thinking this week, you know, I've had my own reckoning in my own life as I follow Jesus. And I grew up in a Christian home and there's always, there's been this moment of reckoning where I've had to take it on myself. I've had to own my own faith and allegiance to Jesus. And one of the things that has pushed me to the way of Jesus is exactly this question. Who do you got? Political leaders? Sports figures, people of power, Supreme Court justices, the guy who's handing down 
things in a courtroom, you know, who's merely human and makes their own mistakes. The thing that has really pushed me to the kingdom of God the last number of years, and even in our own context as a church, is the reality that I've got Jesus. The only true king and the only one that's in a position to truly judge. Now, I'm not saying go against our court system. All of that is beautiful. We have lawyers in our own community and you guys are, are amazing. But this has been a reckoning for me when it comes to justice and judgment. Who are we going to put our trust in? There's only one person. Do not put your trust in me or any other leader um, like we would Jesus, King Jesus, the one who brings true justice and who will bring right order and is the one that can judge. And so I, wanna, I want us as a community to, to really just to be reminded that judgment is actually a good thing. As much as in a secular world people will want to paint it as a negative thing, I think one of the questions that we ask back as people is, who has the right, the authority, the power to bring judgment? And I, I, I'm just convinced that the only one that can do that is the perfect king. So I want to remind us that um, we should be a people that don't fear in all the political unrest, all the things that we see around us, we are not these people that fear because we lean in and we follow the great judge. And I don't know if you caught the language here of the writer in verse, whatever it is, verse 28. You know, he says, Jesus will, or whoever wrote this says, he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but what? To bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Interesting, eh? For us. You know, we pick up this letter years and years later that he, Jesus is going to bring salvation. Interesting language, isn't it? Because obviously many of us that have put our trust and our allegiance in Jesus now, we are saved. We are in the kingdom of God. And yet the continual language is that there is a day of reckoning at the second coming when Jesus comes back and we will be saved. Judgment is coming and it's beautiful. Jesus is going to take every tear and he's going to wipe it away and we will be saved. And I just think of many of us, I think of myself, the hope that is the reality that we will be saved, that our lives will be brought to right order, that all of the addictions, the brokenness, everything that we face in this moment, even now as we, as we follow and trust Jesus, that there will be a day where we are made completely whole. We are brought together and Jesus is going to judge and I'm just convinced, and this is a growing uh, conviction of mine, and I don't know where you stand with this. I mean, maybe we can disagree on this, but I think of a world that will stand before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords one day. And I think, how could you not be compelled by God's love? I think of people in my own life, maybe people that reject the way of Jesus and his authority now. I think, man, when you stand before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and you experience this love, this invitation, we will be saved. How beautiful is that? And so eternal life starts now. This is what we talk about all the time. But judgment is beautiful. J judgment is this reality that God is going to say enough is enough. The injustice that we see in our world, the things all around us, they need to go. Heaven, my friends, is coming to earth. And this is a message that is worth telling the world. I'm very, very passionate about this. Instead of creating an image of God that is out to get us, he's continually, as we see, inviting us into his love. And he, he has saved, but he will save. It's beautiful. I'm so passionate about this. Now, um, I did it this week. I don't know if you ever do this. I get scrolling on social media, which is, we, we need to do a whole series on this at some point. 
Um, but anyways, um, I got scrolling and I was scrolling through social media and I came across, and I don't, don't know if you've ever done this, a collage of videos that somebody had put together where it's military people that have returned home and they return home and they surprise their loved ones. Oh my gosh. Okay. So like, I'm sitting here, I'm weeping. If you don't know me that well, I'm a bit of a crier. I'll be like uh, in the background while the kids are watching like Disney television and there's something like emotional that happens and tears are coming down. They're like, are you all right? And it's like, yes, no, I don't know. I cried everything. Um, and I was watching these videos today, this week and Heather was even asking like, what, what's going on? Are those tears? Yes, they are. And watching these videos of the reuniting, the bringing back of family together, that, and they didn't even know in that moment they would see their mom or their dad or their brother or their sister, whoever it is. And I got thinking, this, this is a picture of heaven coming to earth. The great reuniting is what judgment does. That Jesus is going to judge, and as heaven comes back to earth, everything will be put right. But everything will be put back to right. That this is what justice is. This is the hope. This is the thing that we long for. Just as I saw um, all these unique ways in which these military people would be revealed to their families, I thought the king is coming and he's going to unveil to us his new world and he is going to set the world to right. And justice is part of this. Justice is, judgment is, is part of this way in which Jesus will rid the world of evil. So as we talk about judgment, and as maybe down the road you talk with friends or family or whatever, and people look to a God who they maybe see as bringing judgment in a negative way. We are these people that hold on to judgment and say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And in the meantime, we work with you in seeing this world put to rights.